It's 93.1 and 94.5 Case Lug. Miles here on the phone with Duddy B of Dirty Heads. They're going to be back in Humboldt tonight for a show at HSU and Arcata. More info at humboldt.edu slash AS Presents. Thanks for your time, Duddy. No problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure, man. So last time you guys did a show up here, I was there. You were with Sugar Ray at the Arcata Community Center. It was like five years ago. A lot has happened for you guys since then. Yeah, you know, we've just we've just been constantly working and constantly touring, and um, you know, we, we it's it's fun to see when you put on all that hard work and, and and you see the progression and you see the fans and the shows grow. It's nice, you know, it's rewarding. Yeah, and we were just talking before we went on air, and you were saying how uh, you guys know the original drummer from Sugar Ray. That's how that tour hooked up. Yeah, um, Stan Fraser, actually, uh, the drummer from Sugar Ray. He our first album we put out, Any Port in the Storm. He helped produce the whole album with us. Um, you know, he lives locally, and um, we were working in the same studio, and we, and we, you know, we became acquaintances and started working with each other. And yeah, we still, you know, still friends to this day. Still talk to the guy; he's a good dude. So when we were doing all that, you know, they decided to go on a little tour, and that's why you, you know, we were there five years ago with them. They're like, yeah, just come with us, you know, and it was fun. We had a good time. So you guys have this new record out, Sound of Change, and really, it's you at your catchiest. There's elements of EDM, there's trap, there's hip hop, really crisp production. Uh, I'm sure you're constantly being asked right now, please define this change. Where did the change come from? Uh, but there's always been that reggae core. I know that. But what I want to know is this. To you, sonically and philosophically, what has stayed the same about Dirty Heads up until now? I, I think that if you really go back to our first album, Any Port in a Storm, and then you look at Sound of Change, they're not too different. You know, we, We've always kind of had the same vein of music. And, and for us, that's... Um, you know, uh, catchy musical verses with some, some rapping, some bigger sung choruses, mm -hmm. sometimes with a slow ballad. You know, we, we've kind of done that from the beginning. You know, obviously, uh, as just a band and as people, we've been doing this now for a long time. So we've grown. We've changed as people. We've changed as musicians because you grow. I mean, we've been doing this for almost 15 years, you know. Um, things are going to change. So I think the vein of Dirty Heads, the background of it, it's still all there. It's still the exact same. We've just grown as musicians. We've learned things. And, and you can't keep putting out the same album. We want to keep pushing ourselves to try new things and try different things. And with this album, we just want to make a bigger, more exciting album. Um, we did Any Port in a Storm, which was pretty big and upbeat. And then we did uh, Cabin by the Sea, which was super mellow. And it was awesome. We loved that. And then we did the acoustic one, which was even 10 times more mellow than that. So when we were coming to do this one, we were like, you know what? Let's step it up a little bit. Let's, let's get more upbeat. Let's get back more to our hip hop. We've always had the hip hop in our thing. So we want to go with more hip hop beats, bigger choruses, you know, and, and we went for it and we're, we're stoked on, on what came out. Uh, speaking of that hip hop sound, My Sweet Summer is a huge hit. And uh, due to the subject nature of the song, I have to ask you, um, it could probably be assumed that there's like a bit of a muse behind the lyrics. Is that safe to say? It's funny how that song came about. Um, a lot of people, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people don't actually listen to lyrics. They just listen to the song. Uh -huh. You know, My Sweet Summer and it's Dirty Heads. About, it's about summer being over, you know, da, da, da. It's actually about a girl named Summer. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But we've all had that girl. The girl that you hung out with for a weekend, and it was so fun, and then she just bounces, and it was just a crazy weekend, and you know, you've all, we've all had that at least one time in our life, you know. But uh, that song was actually Jared, we had found out that Kenny Chesney was a fan of, the, of our band. Uh -huh. So Jared on his own, just for fun, he was trying to write like a chorus for Kenny Chesney, write him a song, you know, trying <laughs> really? to be like, hey Kenny, you want this song, you know? Uh -huh. Which is a smart thing to do. <laughs> right, right. But... 
so when we sat down for My Sweet Summer, we had the music and we kind of had a melody idea, but we didn't really have lyrics. He's like, oh, well, man, I got these lyrics. I was kind of trying to save them. I was writing a song for Kenny Chesney, and of course we had a big laugh about it. And then we took his lyrics, which was uh, My Sweet Summer, the chorus lyrics, and we ended up using it for our own song. And That's a cool story. I had no idea about the background of that. Yeah. Let's go yeah. back a little bit. You mentioned Any Port in a Storm, and I kind of wanted to ask you about this. There's kind of a bit of a metaphorical storm before you put that out in 2008. Could you tell us like a little bit of that story about how you guys were kind of teased with this deal with Warner Brothers, and then how that experience influenced who you guys are today? Um, yeah, you know, uh, we were young, we were 20 years old, maybe. And, uh, we were just an acoustic act. We were sitting at, you know, little bars and little local spots and we would sit on stools and it was just three of us. And we, we played our, it was all acoustic. That's it. And then we get a call one day from a buddy of mine. Hey, I know this guy cheese. He manages bands, blah, blah, blah. He wants to manage you guys. We're like, yeah, whatever. We'll meet with the guy. Sure. You know, we'll get a free lunch <laughs> out of this. And, uh, <laughs> So we meet with him, and the next thing we know, he's like, yeah, I want to manage you. And the next thing we know, he's like, I got you some meetings with these record labels, Warner Brothers being one of them. Fast forward, not much farther forward, you know, a month or two, oh, I got you a record deal with Warner Brothers. So at this point, we're like, oh, my God, what's happening? And we think, like what everyone thinks, oh, you got a record deal? Hmm, you're a millionaire now. Everything, you're good. You're going to have cars and all this house, everything. You know, you got signed. You're a signed man, of course. That's not how it happens. (laughs) (laughs) So we recorded this album with for Warner Brothers, and they just never released it. They weren't doing anything with us. And so we were just like kind of in this void of like, we can't do anything because we're in this contract now. We have this music, but we can't put it out, blah, blah, blah. It was right when downloading songs started happening, and record labels were crumbling, so they didn't know what to do. Torrents were killing, yeah. like the biggest band... Yeah, if you weren't the biggest band on the label, they weren't doing shit with you. So, you know, they were they were worried about Linkin Park and Green Day. They didn't give a crap about the Dirty Heads, you know? Mm-hmm. In a cool manner, we at, went to one of those. We're like, hey, man, we get it. You guys can't do anything. Else. Can we at least just have our album back and just go? Let's just, like, we'll just be gone. Not a big deal. Let us have our music, and we'll peace out. And they actually agreed. They're like, you know what? Go ahead. So they gave us the album, and we left. We put it out ourselves through Indie Label, and we just kept pushing through there. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was crappy at first because we thought you had totally made it, and then you don't do anything at all. But in the long run, we learned a lot. We got our music back, and we're still going today. So it's all worked out. <laughs> the leniency, you know, on Warner Brothers' part there, that's kind of an anomaly. They were really nice about that and giving that back to you. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. Yeah. So we, we always, you know, we have a very good relationship with everyone we always work with. We always try and be very friendly and very cordial and we always work well with people. So we had a nice relationship with them. So I think it was more like they knew they were dicking us over and they kind of were just like, uh, right. the right <laughs> thing to do would be to let them go. Right. <laughs> and that's the positive core of Dirty Heads. Well, technically, um, yeah. I want to ask you this. You and Dirty J founded Dirty Heads way before releasing any port in a storm. Um, is there yeah. very much like older material out there that the public has not heard? Oh man, there's some horrible things. That oh, the public has don't not... say that. I'm sure it's not bad. <laughs> oh no, I trust me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it all, I mean how this really started was uh, I, I was like in a punk band in high school. So, and my my dad had built had made our garage soundproof because neighbors were constantly complaining. So I had like the soundproof garage. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we'd always go out and party, whatever, do our thing. And then at the end of the night, like, I had a group of my buddies that would always come back to my house, obviously, because we could be as loud as we want and no one's going to hear us. And we would just, I had this four track recorder and I had this Casio keyboard. And I just had all these stupid little toys and we would make these dumb beats, these dumb hip hop beats. Mm-hmm. And we'd, 
10 of us would be in there and we'd all get a verse. And that's what we did at night. Like we'd just hang out, we'd have forties, we would make rap songs and it was hilarious. It was just a joke. And then we'd go to parties and we'd show people these songs. But one of these parties I was at, at freshman year, Jared happened to hear this tape of these songs me and my buddies were making. He was like, Oh my God, I have to come over and do this with you. That's kind of how me and Jared met. So he started coming over and we did this for a long time with a bunch of us, you know, and then, um, Little by little, people would fall off, and we stopped. But me and Jared kind of always kept going with it. And then I was just like, wow, you're actually really good at rapping. It's not like just a joke anymore. You're actually really good at this. Let's try and make some real songs, not just these funny joking songs. Right. Blah, blah, blah. We made the dirty head. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to, like, on the next album, juxtapose, like, just a little clip of what you guys were doing way back when and then go into, like, really crisp, nice production into a song. Totally. Oh, I mean, I I have a... I am looking at it right now. I have this bag and there's like 50 mini discs in this bag. And every mini disc has like at least five songs on it. And they're just beats that we made off these crappy keyboard. And just 10 of my buddies, half of them have no idea how to rap, but they're rapping. I mean, these nights were hilarious. You'd look in this room or the sound room and there'd just be 10 young 16 year old white kids sitting in there writing raps and it was like your turn go and then we record it and we just laugh our asses off it's hilarious <laughs> so rome ramirez of sublime with rome he uh, did a lot of the production on sound of change and of course uh, he's collaborated with yeah. you guys a lot uh, including on that mega hit lay me down how did you two actually uh, end up uh, embarking on a friendship how did you guys get in touch with him at first well we had been working in the studio a local studio uh, 17th street for a long time and then um Rome had just started coming in. He was just a young kid that lived nearby. Um, he was friends with the engineer at that studio, and he just started hanging around in the studio, and he was just always there. So we, you know, became friends that way. Then we all started, like, hearing his songs and hearing him sing and hearing him play guitar, and we were like, wow, this kid actually pretty talented. That was, like, long before it was ever sublime with Rome or anything. He was just Rome, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were friends, and, and, you know, down the line... We did Lay Me Down together. Then after that, he became the singer for Sublime, and we did tours together. And it was just it's funny how it all fell into place. But, yeah, we still work with him today. He still lives, you know, in, our, in Huntington, near us. And, you know, he's talented. We work well together, and, you know, we have a good relationship. Yeah, and he's doing a supporting set, right, tonight? Yes, he is. That's awesome. That'll be great. Well, uh, final question, man. I wanted to ask you this. Case Lug, we love to play artists who stand up for causes. And uh, I saw a little bit of this. Can you talk about your work with the organization Why Hunger and how you got involved with them? Um, yeah, well, we started working with um, the Hard Rock, and they they wanted to get some of our equipment. You know, they make those, like, cases with band stuff. In their restaurants, they have, you know, they always have stuff from bands up. So they hit us up, like, hey, we want we want to use some of your band stuff. We'll pay you this money, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, cool, whatever. That'll be cool just for you to have our stuff in your in your stores. And then they hit us back afterwards, like, hey, we work with this um with this charity, Why Hunger, they started explaining it more to us. You know, you want to be a part of it. You, you know, sometimes bands, they give a portion of the money we were going to give them to this charity. And they told us more about the charity. And the more they told us about it, we thought it was really awesome. We ended up giving all of it to the, to the charity. And it's, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, hunger is affecting every, it affects every country, not just, you know, ones that you see on TV. It's affecting us right here in our own backyard. And um, it's cool with how they do it. They're not just giving people food. They're teaching people how to grow food in their own communities and have sustainable food so they can actually feed themselves and not have to be relying on other people. And we just thought it was cool what they're doing and how they're educating people about it, not just being like, oh, here's some food. 
good luck, you know. So we thought it was really cool, and, and we're, we're still working with them today, and, and they're just a really awesome company. That's right. Like, give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. Teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. Exactly. So they're more about educating the people while feeding them so that eventually they can feed themselves, and that's, I just think, a super cool thing. Yeah, it's beautiful to see you guys associated with that. So, Duddy, is there anything else uh, that you want to mention before we come see you tonight? Um, you know, new record's still, still out, Sound of Change. Go check it out, and we'll be touring all fall, all spring, and probably all through the summer. So come out and see us. Got a lot of hard work, man. It's a 93.1 and 94.5 case lug. I'm Miles wrapping up a phone call with Duddy B of Dirty Heads. They'll be back in Humboldt tonight for a show at HSU and Arcata. Thanks again, Duddy. No problem, man. Thanks for having me.